It's episode 274 of Kane's Cast. And Shane Willis, we've been past the halfway point, but now that the All-Star game is done, are we really sprinting to the finish? It's time for a little Usain Bolt action, Mike. Well, seeing you have been a guy who's been there and done that, does the final, if we would have recorded this on Monday, 34 games after the All-Star break, but now 33 games with one game in the books, for players, does this after the All-Star game, is it a sprint? Because it's basically, I think, save one or two breaks in the calendar. It's every other day if you're you're playing hockey right now in the NHL. I think for the team's... In Carolina's position, Rangers, Boston, these the top two teams, if you will, in all the divisions may have a little bit longer runway before you hit the sprint button. Yeah. But teams that are behind outside of the wild card position, they have to jump on the gas. There's no time to wait. They have to sprint now. They have to try and make a move. And the Carolina Hurricanes, I'm not going to say you can sit comfortably and have a little bit of a cushion, but you have a little bit of a longer runway to kind of wind it up into your sprint. Um, it's not a 100-yard dash. You can start winding up around maybe a 400 um, and get ready for that home stretch. So it's not the easiest point of time because basically for some teams, we can use this term, the playoffs start now. But for a team like the Hurricanes, let's just – can we be honest? Canes are going to make the playoffs. Okay, just we'll put this out there for everybody listening okay. here to Canes cast. Oh, and – Wait, hang on. Stop that. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Games are going to make the playoffs. Take it. Okay, there we, we're good on that. What I want, and uh, because of... Thank I you. watched a little semi-pro last night. <laughs> 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 when I got home. Are you going to wrestle a bear to make sure that we, we get there? Have to. If, if, if things go sideways, I'll wrestle a bear. Shane's going to wrestle Dewey the bear. <laughs> Spumoni is your safe word. People are scrambling right now to pull up. Semi-pro and watch it. That would make me Jackie Moon, wouldn't it? This would make you... I'm going to jump over, in my skates, 20 Kane's crew members. (laughs) (laughs) With blades sharpened. All right, that would now make Shane Jackie Moon. uh, But if if you're looking at at what the Canes have left to do, look, I think winning the division is really important because you want to play a wild card team. You want to have home ice advantage as long as you possibly can in the postseason, having a game seven on your ice. But um, how much of it now for a team like the Hurricanes, for seasoned playoff teams, even teams like the Bruins and Rangers, is it you start to peak, not push or press, but peak and build up to when you're ready. You want to win every game. By no means are we talking about you take a night off. Uh, but what I'm talking about is how do you build that to where – when you get to April, you're at your best. Because that's what it's about now for the teams who I think are in the top three of their division. Yeah, April 14th and 16th, you want to be hitting that peak, Mike, as you talked about going into the playoffs. The other part about this two-and-a-half-month stretch, when you look at the teams, just played Vancouver, best team in the West, Colorado coming in behind. The other part about the sprint and peaking is – you start really figuring out how to win in very tough, tight games because everyone's going to wind it up. And when you look at the schedule and how many of these games are going to be tough, you find out really what your team's made of. 
in a tight, hard-fought game, can you find a way to win it? Because those are the teams that when you hit the playoffs and things really get grinding, go on the run because they figured out how to win, not only at home but on the road, as a group, as a team, and continue that momentum throughout the playoffs. Yeah, and just to take a look at the Kane schedule, you started off with Vancouver. Now the Avalanche come in on Thursday or tonight or today, whenever you're listening here to Kane's cast. Then you've got the Devils on Saturday. Then a road trip that is not going to be easy because you're taking on the Stars, the Coyotes, and the Golden Knights. I mean, that that six games to come after the All-Star break makes you want to sit down with a storm brew, the fine presenting sponsor of Kane's cast from R&D Brewing. Go visit their seven Saturdays tap house. I would do that. We would do that. We still need to do that. Go sit down. Talk about Kane's hockey. Yeah. Come on down. One of these days, we might actually have a we might you a podcast know. from there. That might answer a question for somebody who's out there who wants to know when when we're going to have the live studio audience version of this fine, fine program, however you consume it on whatever platform that's out there. Remember on uh, Apple, it's five stars, best friends for life, which we truly do appreciate. Uh, that being said, how hard is it, though, Shane, in the middle of the season, you get like a week off, and then you got to ramp it up again. Is it is it if you're – it's a little bit different now when you consider what the players go through to have that break, but to have that like right, is, dropped on you right now and like, all right, go, here we go. When you talk about difference, because everyone's like, oh, you get to restart, it's a reset. This isn't like the start of the season that you've trained all summer for, you've gone through training camp, and you're ready to hit the gas. You've just taken a nice four- or five-day sunbathing vacation with your family, and now you come back for a quick two practices and jump right back into the heat yeah. of things against the best team in the Western Division, by the way. So this one's a little bit more difficult to get things winding back up, and Rod talked about it in the pregame show last night with Trip. What are you looking for? The, the question is going to be, which team gets to their game first? Which team finds that energy and that game first. And although the Canes scored first last night shorthanded, it was by far Vancouver for the first 40 minutes of that game. Third period, hello Carolina Hurricanes. But the clock is your enemy, and a great team from the West is your enemy with Thatcher Demko, and you can't tie the game up late. And they get a bounce in the third period. Right. That's, that is the funniest thing about when people want to say, well, explain hockey, and you try to give them all of the variables that come into play. The first period, Vancouver deserved a better fate than being tied with Carolina at one after 20. Yes. You could argue the same thing after 40 minutes, that Vancouver, if Vancouver would have been up 3-2 after 40, you'd be like, all right, sure, the way the game was going, that seems fair. But then where the game is unfair, the Canes were the better team in the third period. Do you think when a team plays as giving Vancouver credit, playing well through the first 40, that's why they get the bounce? Maybe. Uh, I, I mean, have to... Are I have those to things work out? I have to turn to you on that one. You know, the hockey gods are a real thing at times. Imagine how the emotional swing if that bounce was for the Canes. Oh. And how well the Vancouver played and that bounce goes against you. Oh, they'd be deflated. You'd just be... Things are against us tonight, boys. And that's where you're like, well, we're starting. It's game one of a five-game road trip for them. Yeah. All right, boys, pack this one up. We're off to the next city. That's almost the, the feeling that you'd get on a situation like that. You've been in that situation where you've outplayed a team, and all of a sudden that they get a, they get a bounce, and you're like, well, okay. Yeah. But I think 
that's the part I take away from the game. You knew it was going to be a tough one. It wasn't going to be pretty. But the way the Hurricanes were playing the last 15 minutes of that game, you replicate that. You will need – let me – specific here. Yeah. You will need to replicate that against the Colorado Avalanche who have a ton of speed and firepower and are coming in after losing their first two games after the break. Yeah. A team that gets thrown into a back-to-back in New York against the Rangers, loss. In New Jersey against the Devils, loss. Now coming in here. Canes will need the final 15 minutes and a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't cruise into this one because... What a horrible schedule, by the way. I know. For the Avalanche? Who gets a back-to-back out of the break? The Avalanche. That's just rude. I, I believe the computer that set up the NHL schedule... Did you ever see the movie 2001? It's hail. No. The one that's like, I'm sorry, Shane. Can't do that. <laughs> it's, I think that's what, what it does. Pushing the, the limits, if you will. Speaking of, let's talk about the Hurricanes All-Star, Sebastian Ajo. Picking up right where he left off before the break and now after. Big power play goal. A sniz, I believe is what it you like to say. It was a as Tripp called it, a laser sniz. That would make Shane Willis proud. Yeah, it really did. I was in the corner. Golf clap. So with that... Are you noticing... High-five the guy button in front of me. <laughs> yes, well, you should. <laughs> Are you noticing... As we sit with the fans in our corner. I, I, I'm going to give the great Rod Brindamore answer here. Well, what's different? Well, he's getting points now. <laughs> but uh, other than how he's playing, no, nothing's different. But is there anything different that you've noticed in Sebastian Ajo's game offensively? Where he's getting the points? Why he's getting the points? It's never an effort thing because he works so hard every night. Confidence... But I truly believe Sebastian Ajo has found another level. He is a big moment, big time player. When your team needs a goal, can get it for you. And over this past stretch before the break and again last night, it was time. Your superstar needs to score a goal. He steps up on the power play and just rips it. There was never a doubt that was going in when he let it go. Um, And that's just the type of player and person that he is. He's relishing those opportunities and thriving in them game after game. And to make the run, to hoist the ultimate goal, that's what you're going to need from yeah. him. That's not a challenge. That's not a pressure. He knows this. And every elite-level player on every team knows it. And they have to step up in those moments. He did last night to tie the game. And, again, from a team perspective, it's never on one guy. They just didn't have enough of that for 60 minutes. Well, you take a look at what he's done so far this year. 18 goals, 37 assists, 55 points, 46 games. He missed three games with an injury. He's on pace right now, you do the math, to have a 100-point season. I'm with you. I think he's found that next level because it's that confidence in believing that you're there. You know, Connor McDavid... Austin Matthews, when you talk about those players, you can pencil them in for X amount of points a year. I think we can start doing that now with Sebastian Ajo. The other side of it, though, you have to get contributions from other players. And Jordan Martinuk, who I think might have been one of the players in the top three in the NHL, sad to see the month of January come to a close with his six goals in the month, but he's liking February with a shorthanded goal to start that one off. Martinuk's contributions to this team I know that if you go by fans, social media, other things that are out there, I don't think you can measure just Jordan Martinuk in the terms of points for what he brings to the team. 
But when he is getting points, when he is getting goals, that is such an invaluable thing for Carolina where you're getting goals from him, big goals from him. Uh, I go back to that playoff series against the New Jersey Devils last year where if you handed out MVPs for series uh, like they do in, in baseball, Jordan Martinuk would have won the MVP in that second-round matchup against the New Jersey Devils. He's a guy you can put anywhere in the lineup, and he can do a lot of things for you. And I think he's a guy, now that the confidence is there, I'm not saying that he is going to go on a ripper and finish with 20 goals this year. He's got eight. But he might finish with 15, 16 goals. You know, down the stretch, if you can get that. I'm just looking at, you've been in these rooms, when guys who aren't counted on, to be offensive contributors night in, night out, but they start becoming those kind of contributors. Can that have a trickle-down effect on the team too? Like other guys in the room start, hey, all right, maybe my game can get there. Maybe I can do this in, in a good way, not a forcible way. Not like, oh, well, he's scoring. Now I got to score more. Like, all right, yeah, I'm going to get on the page. I mean, I think it bleeds into other players and other lines. You mentioned he can play on any line. Yep. Um, and the one thing you – talk about when you talk about players that are so effective what's the one thing you get consistency from jordan martinuk the speed the effort the leadership he brings every day is the exact same never a bump in the road no and so every player in that room and i've said this before if you're in the national hockey league you have a skill you can score goals some guys do it better than other players but everyone in the national hockey league can score goals confidence getting on a roll is all a big part of it and right now Jordan Martinick's on that and when you go back and look at teams that have won the Stanley Cup over the past few years look at their scoring it's not two guys right we talk about depth scoring we talk about teams that get on a roll and their third and fourth liners are chipping in scoring big goals at big moments you know Jesper Foss overtime winners last year in the playoffs Jordan Marnock, what he did against the Devils. You will need all of those guys to accomplish the goal. Everybody, top to bottom. And the team that gets that yeah. makes it happen. And Jordan Marnock has that ability. And I think everyone tends to look past that. And they look at Jordan as, oh, he's a great penalty killer. He works really hard. Well, he works so hard and he's always around the net. He doesn't have a fear to be around the net looking for those rebounds, looking for tip-in goals. He has a great shot when he has time. And last night, when you go back and look at that replay, there's no question scoring shorthanded is great, but he's throwing at the net. Yeah. So you need that, but it doesn't – after – I mean, we've watched Jordan Marnock for a number of years now. It doesn't surprise me. It really almost surprised me that he's not over 10, right? Yeah. I feel like he's a – you know, could he get 20? Yeah, I think he probably oh, yeah. could. Yeah, yeah. You got the right role? He's a 13 to 18 goal guy. It's more surprising to me that he only has eight right now Yeah. than that he has eight. You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm 100% on that page. But, again, this is a guy who, and I do think his first goal of the season came December 9th in Vancouver. So, he's scored the majority of his goals in the last three months, as a matter of fact, all of them, if we're going to do that math. Uh, one other thing about the game against Vancouver. When people want to talk about, you know, after a loss, should have done this, should have done that. Shots on goal after the first period, 12-4 in favor of Vancouver. 
I was getting text messages. Everyone's like, what's going on? Like, you does anyone this is the bad part about the Western division. Anyone know that Vancouver's good? <laughs> like well, really good? Well, again, the bad thing about when your team isn't winning or when another team is playing well against your team, well, they get paid to play. And when the Hurricanes were playing good. so well before the break? Yeah. Well, giving up only 19 rips a so, game. So, oh, how many how many rips did Vancouver finish with? Uh, you just said the number. 19? Yeah. They had four shots in the second and three shots in the third. They finished at 19? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Now you do. Canes finished with 24. <laughs> That's amazing. So... 12 to 4 to 3. They held the best team in the West to seven shots over 40 league, minutes. No? Was Vancouver in first or Boston? They were tied points-wise. Uh, Vancouver had more wins. So 19 rips. 19. I actually said to the uh, talented Hannah Yates, um, we were talking about the 19 shots because that was their average for the last, like, five games. And I said, if you hold a team to 19 shots and you lose, you're very upset. Well, be very upset. <laughs> yeah. We're mad today, everyone. So, as well, you should be. But that, that to me, like, when you look at that, and people are going to say, well, what what happened? One, Thatcher Demko is really good. He made, the save he made on Jesperi Kotkaniemi off of the setup for Marty Natchez is a ridiculously good save. Yeah. But I also look at the compete level and the speed of that game. There wasn't a lot given up. Either way. All right. I as need far to- as when we talk about great A's, you talk about a fine line between two. Also, I got a great text last night. Would you like to watch those two teams in a best of seven? Yeah. So cards on the table. I walked out of that going, that was a great game. Great hockey game. Pissed we lost. But it was a great game. Great game. That was my thing. I know that it wasn't 5-4 and wasn't 35 shots aside and, you know, highlights out the yin-yang, but the pace of that game. Whoa. That was playoff hockey. Playoff hockey. In fact, newly minted. Vancouver Canuck, former fifth overall pick in 2013 of the Carolina Hurricanes. Elias Lindholm said that on Vancouver's there. He goes, that's a playoff game that we played tonight. Yeah. I talked about in the pregame show because I watched the night before. I'd watched Rangers Colorado and the other game was Toronto. Toronto and the Isles. Yes. I was kind of taken back a little bit coming out of the break at the pace of both those games. So when you just talked about the top of the pod being a sprint, everyone's on the gas right now. Yeah. Because the pace of play is elevated. Well, part of that, though, don't you think most of the league had a break? So you're going to come in, you're feeling, you're going to feel better. Everyone knows where they're at, though. Everyone knows where they're at. How late before Toronto fires their coach, by the way? I don't think you can do it now. If you're going to do it, you have to do it before. You have to do what the Kings do. It's too late. You've got to do it. You've got to do it before the All Star break. I want to get in the coaching carousel. Job for life. <laughs> and once you get, they just hired DJ Smith as an assistant. I know. L.A. I know. Yeah. How are things go in Ottawa? Well, this is where you and I can have two very different takes on coaching. And no, no, no. Hear me out. Well, you put him in the right spot. I'm. I'm I have all the respect in the world for DJ Smith because I play with the guy. He was a defenseman, rock solid defenseman. Maybe not a head coach. Great defensive coach. You you just went down the path I was going to go down. This is why we're going to do in this podcast. We're stepping in. Here we are. Here yes, we are. you can. Here. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Number one podcast in hockey right here. Uh, we're Obviously both taking, taking it. Clearly. Uh, that being said, there are some guys, as you know, who are captains and some yes. guys who are not. 
Yes. Doesn't mean that they're not great players. Or great people. But in I've had the luxury of covering sports my entire life. There are certain people who I would hire tomorrow to be an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator in the National Football League or college football. I wouldn't hire them to be a head coach. And, and it doesn't mean they're not a good coach. It doesn't mean they're not a great coach. You can be a great coach and a great coordinator, but as you know, when you move up the tiers, what's asked of you, what you need to do is completely different when you become a head coach. Similar to, but although to throw this caveat in, head coach in college, head coach in pro. Oh, yeah. It doesn't always translate because you have more, here's my big word of the day, autonomy. Thank you. Uh when you're in college, we're in the pros. There's a little bit, you know, not everybody can be Bill Belichick. And I think we saw at some point it's going to end for everybody. Mm. You know, you got to have the talent that comes in there. And again, if you're TJ Smith, you know, you can have a hand in the talent that's there. You can coach it up. But you know, Jacques Martin, who's a hell of a good coach, you know, Ottawa's a little bit of life lately, but it's not like they they've gone on a rip. Although. You then take a look at Chris Knobloch comes in and takes over in Edmonton, and they won 16 in a row. Almost hey, by the, way, the record until last night. By the way, how good is that? That Hi, we've won 16 games in a row, still and we are, we are still 14 points out of first place. They're in a tough spot. They're in a real tough spot, but they're in third place in the division right now. I don't think they have to worry about making the playoffs. They're in. Although this does, okay, I wanted to go to, I was going to save this, but I'll bring it up now. We're bringing it up. Get to it. Playoffs. Do you Talk want one? Playoffs? Do you want one? <laughs> playoffs? Do you want one through eight? Or do you like the division format? I like one through eight. Okay. Why do you like one through eight? I just think the way it plays out as the rounds go on, if you are a top two team in the league, you should be rewarded for that. Okay. So then divisions shouldn't matter to you. No. So you don't want divisions. You just want an East and a West. Yeah. Okay. So in your world, there would no longer be an Atlantic and a Metro and a Central and a Pacific. You would just be in the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference, one through eight, one through eight. Yes. Okay. That I'm that I'm with. If you're because going to do then that. When you get in the playoffs, one plays eight, two plays seven. And the next round, one and two don't play each other. I get it. No, I, I get what you're talking about. But for me, if you're going to have divisions – there is no way to do one through eight because I think you have to reward the division winners. Yes. So, and sometimes. So you go on just one through four? No. What I'm saying is if you have a division, you have to have a reward for the division winners. And sometimes you're going to be in a real bad division. You know, you're going to have a division that's not as good as the other one in your conference. What's the reward? The reward is you get home ice in that first round series. The reward is you play the wild card teams. What I like about the division setup, and maybe it's because I figured you would have... do play the wild card. I know. That's why I don't want to go to one through eight. Oh. Keep the divisions. It's not about well, hanging banners So you're looking anything. to change the second round? No, I'm not looking to do anything. If anything, I would go back to the old way when we were kids, where it was the division played one through four. And you had to win your division to get to the conference final. Well, you're always talking about rivalries. That would be... That he was did. rivalries. He did. Where did you grow up? God's country. That would be Silver Lake, Alberta. <laughs> you pick a side in Alberta, don't you? Yep. So you're either Edmonton yep. or you're Calgary. Yep. Where do you live now? Raleigh. 
Garner. Garnier. Garnier. You're either NC State, Carolina, or Duke. I'm not. Well, I know neither am I. I'm Canadian. I can cheer for everybody. I know, and, and I'm from. I'm I'm an eighth Canadian. So where is the cold storm brews? But that's who we <laughs> cheer for. Thank you, R and D, and these seven Saturdays tap um, house. Yeah, on Atlantic. But what I'm saying is, where I grew up, hated Montreal. Yep. Hated Quebec. Hated Boston. The Nordique. Hate. Oh my God! With their st- stupid trumpet Did you hate player. Hartford? No, because. They stunk. Yeah, Buffalo and Hartford were always playing for fourth to the right to get beaten by Boston yeah, or who, Montreal. Who does Boston beat this time? But but Hartford hated Boston. One mm-hmm. geography of the rivalry that was there. But two, the <laughs> division we were on the couple of eaves of the Whalers' night. So, but the the argument that's been made about we need to do conferences in one through eight because of what you were saying. Oh, good teams going to be gone in the second round. Well, good teams going to be gone in the second round anyway. If we did conferences right now, one through eight, yes, in the season, it doesn't end today. But if it did, here are the matchups. You ready? Boston plays Philadelphia. Detroit plays Florida. Toronto plays the Rangers. And the Canes play the Lightning. That's one through eight. So there are going to be two really good teams who are gone in the first round. But here's the thing. Under the current situation, you're going to have two really good teams who are going to be gone in the first round anyway. Out West, where everybody is, I guess, banging the drum for this. Vancouver would right now play, just points percentage, St. Louis. Stars would play the Kings. And then this is where everybody's losing their mind. The Avalanche would play the Oilers, and the Knights would play the Jets. I mean, if you're doing the division setup that we have right now, the Rangers would end up playing Detroit. And, excuse me, Boston would play Detroit. The Rangers would play Toronto. Ooh. Yeah. You're going to tell me a good team's not getting knocked out in that series. Canes are playing the Flyers. And Florida's playing Tampa. I Give me Florida, Tampa in a playoff series. Must watch TV. And give me those series in the first round where the – the first round is the hardest round. It, it then becomes a battle of attrition to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it because I also see your side of it. It's just the, um, the old schoolers will disagree. That's fine. The only thing I, I hate about the argument of one through eight and the reward is you're still going to knock out two good teams if you do one through eight. Well, there's going to be an upset. Sure. But somebody's saying it's not fair to see this, Here's why this in the first round. I'm going to throw in this caveat on my own prediction here, or what I would see. The difference now, because we go back to when you and I were younger, the advantage was huge. Oh. One to play eight was massive. Massive. Not so much anymore. No. So is it really that big of a difference? But it can knock out one. If you want to build up rivalries, though, you do it by division and yeah. by geography. Yeah. Because if mean, you did the Metro right now, do the top four. It would be the Rangers would play the Islanders. Yikes. That would be yes. delicious. And the Canes. Would play Philadelphia. I'm in. Right. Then the winner of those play and, each other. And top four in the Atlantic, Boston plays Toronto. Sign me up for that. Yeah. And Florida's still playing Tampa. 
Must see TV. If you just did divisions, one through four, one Once through Once again, we've solved the world's problems. I don't think we've solved the world's problems. I just, I hate the argument that one through eight gives you the better matchups. Because basically is what we're saying. You just want to see the one seed play the two seed in the conference yeah. final? That You want to see the two say, best records? I'm going to have to say in our, our little banter here that you... Uh, you won that debate. I, I just, I just want to sway people. Mike to won it. his first debate. Yay. on the pod. <laughs> Thank you. I feel really good about it. I might just, I might just move to questions now instead of trying to press my luck. And I blacked out. What blacked happened? Out. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I just, I, I just hate the argument of it's because we're going to see good teams get knocked out. Good teams get knocked out no matter what the playoff format is. No matter what the playoff format is, um, and. What I, if you're going to load up the division where you play your division more than you play everybody else. You have any interest, interest in the play-in game? Yeah, I could be talked into it. <laughs> I, I could be. Like four plays five? Mm. What if the spread is like ten points? So that's I'm, brutal for the fourth team. I'm, I'm more like... What if the two wildcard teams play the next two teams? That's what I would be in more In a one-gamer? Yikes. I don't know if you could do a one-gamer because there's... Money, hello. Yeah, but then they, they everybody'd want to. Everybody would want to play off game. Playing a bunch of more games. I know. Uh, the only, I think, the only way you could do that is if you really go old school and make the first round the best of five again, and that won't happen. Best of three, but the teams don't want to sit and wait. No, what I'm what I'm saying is that little playing would be. Yeah, I'm saying best of three. Yeah, but can't have that. No. That's the thing; it doesn't work out to where it's timing wise. No, that's the other part of it too. Uh, I would love to watch a one gamer. I would. What you have now? That would be if we're going to do that. Now that could be where I'd be talked into. Let's get rid of the divisions, and you go back to it's just the conference, and you have seven play ten and eight play nine, one game, yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah. So and you can't complain, uh, and I don't want to hear anybody say, "Well, eleven. I don't want to hear. But if you kept it now, the Leafs. Would play the Penguins and Detroit would play the Islanders. One game. Wow. <laughs> Just for the wild card spot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I could I could be talked into watching Sidney Crosby in a one game playoff against Austin Matthews. Probably watch. Look at look at what we've done. Gary? Gary. Is that Gary calling you right now? It's just marketing. It's what we do. Uh, uh, now that we do have the rest of the regular season to get into, the Canes do have a couple of long road trips coming up. We chronicled Dallas, Arizona, Vegas after this uh, three-game homestand to kick this off. Is there anything that you're looking at with the Canes right now? Because you know what the questions are going to be coming up, and we have them. Yes. Is there anything that you're looking at saying, this needs to be addressed by the Carolina Hurricanes? Positionally, depth, whatever it would be. No, not yet. Um, we talked about the Vancouver game, making the first splash for the Canucks to get Elias Lindholm. Paid handsomely for him to get him out of Calgary. Yeah. And then a day or two later, the Jets step up and take Sean Monahan to add depth down to the center position that they have in the West. So the price has kind of been set now. And now teams are calling, feeling things out again. We're only one game after the break. Right. So I think it's still early. 
but I'm sure there's already been talks and ideas from the management side and ownership side of the Hurricanes to, is there a piece? What is out there? Mm-hmm. They're looking. There's no doubt. Oh, yeah. Everyone looks. If you sit there at home and say, our team's not going to make a trade, everyone's talking. Uh, this organization... Everybody's looking. They turn over every rock. They kick every tire. And so can I sit here and definitely say they need this at this moment? No. But ask me in a couple weeks. Probably. All right. I mean, you can take the easy. Oh, let's add some more scoring. (laughs) I think that everyone wants to do that. I think you always want to. We're just going to be situationally honest right now with the Canes. You'd like to have a little bit more depth on the blue line because you run through two or three defensemen if you're going to make a run to the Stanley Cup final and uh, a little bit more that you could add up front. I mean, it, yes, we can all sit here and say add a score and make things better. But yeah. uh, let's get to the uh, the X, formerly Twitter questions. Let's go. Hi. Dave A. McCarthy. You might know him from NHL Network Radio. Throwing in a question yeah, to the he, podcast. He hosts the uh, Sunday brunch. Uh, he wants to know, should I wear the hat next month? And you know exactly what I mean. And the answer to that is a resounding yes. Why wouldn't you? Well, it's uh, going to be St. Patrick's Day when we're in Toronto, where Dave resides. And he has quite the chapeau for St. Patrick's Day. Yep. Must so, wear. Must wear, Dave. Must wear. Good. Look at that. We have famous people asking questions. Uh, Jack from D.C., Went to Victoria, British Columbia this past summer. Beautiful. How come the great Western Canadian Shane never talks about how amazing that town is? Did you spend a lot of time in Victoria or no? No. I mean, I've been there. I mean, that could be why he's not from Victoria. I'm from Alberta, so going across the mountains, I did take a vacation out there a couple times. But, yes, completely agree. Um, Victoria is a beautiful place. You should hit Vancouver and Victoria. Especially if you're going in the summertime. Vancouver is phenomenal. Just putting that out there for people if you've never been. I have not been to Sylvan Lake, but I'm sure it's wonderful. Immaculate. God's country. Now you know. Uh, Casey Ditzel, with Freddie back on the ice and Ronta playing well again, are there still discussions being had around the goaltender situation in the trade market? Told you it was coming. Yes. Hi. Sure are. Yes. Yes, there's always anything that can make the team better. There will be discussions. And it's not only the other part of other teams are seeing this now. And they're like, hey, you guys got three. Wait a minute, you got four. We need one. Right? Yeah. It may not be as so much as our calls going out, but I believe there's probably calls coming in. How close is he? What are you guys going to do? Those type of calls. Oh, yes. sure. For sure. Yes. Uh, Morgan Harris, how come when a player gets injured, they only say upper body, lower body, or concussion? Why doesn't the team give more details? Very good question. Who asked that question? Uh, Morgan Harris. Morgan, if your team was about to face off my team and you were injured and you told me your shoulder was bugging you, your right shoulder, I would know this and utilize this to my advantage. Okay. So let me then pose this question. If you are going to play against Morgan Harris's team, yep, and you saw Morgan Harris leave the previous game, yep, with an injury, yep, 
you're not going to sit there and go, gee, I wonder what happened. I think that you're going to watch that and see, oh, it looked like Morgan Harris hurt her shoulder. Yeah. So the message is, again, don't let me get wrong. Like, guys are going out there to try and have vengeance and hurt people. No. But but the message is you finish every check on that person. Right. You grind them down. Or you know that their right isn't that strong so you can take on, advantage, on flip go side, around them. If that's his bottom hand, goaltenders, he's not going to have as much shot. Right. He may look to pass. Right. All things that are little tips. Also, this came basically what Shane said. General managers a few years ago, they all got together and said, we don't want to disclose this, especially in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Who's injured? Why? What? It's This is what's going on. Here's a great question I have. I don't know if you know the answer. In a trade situation, do you have to you pass fully f- disclose what's wrong with the guy if he is injured? Don't you have to pass a physical if you get traded? Yes. So you'll figure it out. Here's here's my thing. When it becomes, and the league sort of has a partnership right now with a thing that you want to do responsibly in sports gambling, the NFL has to disclose every injury. Will that force the NHL to do it? Oh, yeah, the instance this, this year with uh, Joe Burrow. Yep. That's a great question, Mike. Do we things change I don't, coming up? I don't think we have. A I mean, it doesn't change now. No. But, but why would it change just because if North Carolina goes legal? I, I'm not saying North Carolina. I'm just Everyone saying. Everyone needs the insight? Yeah. That's a great question. We'll just leave that out there. Just We'll see if that has anything to do with it. If you're being responsible, you should be doing research. Yes, you should. Anyways. I hope that answers the question, Morgan. But basically, to, to Shane's first point, it's to give a player a little bit of protection yep. as to, you know, again, not that you're going to send a goon out there and maliciously go after somebody if they have an injury, but... But you it, know you have an advantage. Yeah, it gives that player a little bit more of a cloud cover, if you will. Uh, as the world burns, do the referees have to watch their game so they see their mistakes? And who do you have winning the Super Bowl? I'm taking the Niners. I'll go with the Niners. I like Kansas City, but I'm just, for whatever reason, I think the 49ers win it. It is tough to go against Patrick Mahomes and... yep. You talk about a guy and a team that knows how to win. I thought you were going to talk about Andy Taylor Reed. Swift. Uh, Swifties will be in Swifties full force. full force in Vegas. I think that uh, doesn't help the Chiefs. I think the Niners win, but it's it's going to be a great game. I hope so. That's all I care about. If my if my team's not there, just let it be good. Uh, do the referees have to watch their games? I know they're graded. I don't know if they have to go yeah. back and watch their I games. Don't know if they have. They definitely have calls. Sure, because. The head of referees and the associates there are always watching games and making sure, no different than a player going over, what did you see here? Where you position, a lot of it has to go down with positioning on the ice to make sure you can see everything. There's a call made last night, the guy wasn't even looking at it. I don't know how he made it. Back to the play. It was interesting. Must have shot the reflection in the glass. I'm just going to leave that right there. Okay. Because... Does no good to talk about a fish hitting. No. It, I mean, it was not a horrible call, but I was shocked he could even see it. <laughs> Mike Apachin, you might know this name, Shane, because this is what we'd call last place in the Canes Cast Conference Ouch. in fantasy hockey. Uh, his question, when's the first live show happening at R&D Brewing? 2028? Maybe. I don't know. That's a good runway for yes. us. We'll take it. Uh, best pizza in the triangle. He has Defara, no doubt. Defara is up there. It's in Cary. I would... Highly recommend that. Oakwood Pizza Box, Linwood uh, is also pretty good. Linwood Grill. 
there's there's a bunch there's there's actually a lot of good I've never heard of the first one. Oh, Defara? Yeah. I'll take care of that for With you. A T? No, Defara. D I F A R A. I know a place that yep. Defara delivers to yep. where we can enjoy things responsibly. Yeah. yeah. Let's go. And uh we could get that. What about Domino's? You ever heard of that? <laughs> Do they deliver? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Give that a try. Uh, best barbecue in the triangle. Dude, you guys, now you're throw, me throw a dart. Yeah. Starving. Uh, then then he has one of these. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. I keep getting chirped. Mr. Sveshnikov's team would be in first place if the points were counted based solely on point production. I'm going to leave that because you didn't follow the rules, so therefore you would have screwed up your draft anyway. Yeah. So it was the guy who, remember, he was chirping us for drafting players who block shots and got yeah. hits. You got to read the rules. You got to read the rules. It's against the rules. I'm sure there's leagues like that out there if you want just a points league. Yeah, if you want to do that, you get in here, we play hockey. Uh, Kermy, what do you want to change in hockey culture in the wake of the Hockey Canada World Junior Championship scandal coming back into the light? This is, this is such a... Let's not... Let's not pigeon this hole to just hockey. No. Let's, let's put this as a life spectrum. That's where it is. I think that we could do an entire show on this. We could yeah. do an entire podcast. And I I don't want to – it was a good question. I don't want to duck the question. I'm not going to duck the question. But, Shane, you're on the right path. This is more than just hockey culture. And there's so much nuance to this. Uh, Shane, you coach youth hockey. You've seen the best of it, and I'm sure you see some things where you just – want to, you know, look at how things are being run. You're like, what are you doing? Yep. This is the, the wrong way of doing it. Um, but when you when you say change in hockey culture, I mean, the word that I come back to is accountability, like right away. It's instead of just saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll do our due diligence, just come right out and, and have – I guess more accountability to it. Kermit, this is a, a great question. I, I just think it would take more than me and Shane answering yeah. for two minutes. But when you talk about it's more than that, what would you, what do you want to talk about there? Well, I think it goes back to, I mean, you can reel it all the way back to different things in your own home. When you can, I mean, I think of this as a parent, you know, when you hear about this stuff and these type of things in the news and on sports pages, my immediate mindset doesn't go, into what the sport is about it's what am I doing at home and how am I teaching my kids before they go out? And then on the flip side, I take it to where when you talk about culture from a coaching standpoint, right? You're those boys, those young girls, second parent really. Yeah. And there has to be an open doorway of communication yeah. of things that are going on and trying to help them and also protect them all in the same time. Yeah. Because, Unfortunate things go on, and I think the culture, and that's why we play team sports, of how do we change this mindset? Yeah. Uh, again. But it goes all the way back for me. Oh, it's, again, there's not just one, like, what would you change? It's I don't think it's a hockey culture thing. I just don't. I think it's what you just said. It, it goes well beyond that spectrum. Um, and that's why I asked the question. I didn't want, you know, Kermit, think we were glo glossing over it, but no. this is something that, Deserves a, a lot more time and nuance and answer to get into. Uh, back to the hockey questions, though. With Don mentioning he wants depth, does the team consider signing some of their college guys for the playoff run, guys like Jackson Blake, 
we're in the Hobie conversation. Yeah, I, I think anything that can make the Canes a better team and make them deeper for the playoffs. Yeah, everything gets looked at. We saw that with Kale McCarr a few years ago. Yeah. He got signed out of college and jumped right into the playoffs for the Avs. Which is a small sample size for teams that do that. Will these guys get signed to get sent to Chicago or to an American League team that needs help yeah. for a playoff run? More than likely. The depth I feel like Don is talking about is National Hockey League. Guys that you know yeah. you can slot into your lineup. Maybe a guy who's won a championship and you're not looking for... When you talk about depth, it's not a top six. No. It's what are you trying to address in your bottom six, in your bottom pairing, whatever it might be to kind of help you in that run. Uh, Josh McEachern, similar question. You just kind of answered it. I'll just reiterate it. What needs to be done at the trade deadline for the Canes to make a serious run in this year's Stanley Cup? Like, like they're not going to make a serious run if they don't do anything. And I'm not, I'm not, Josh, I'm not picking on you there. It's just like when people say serious run. Um you know, they'll make a serious run with the players that they have if they don't add anything. Uh, what players would you like to see get added to the roster? As always, Best Friends for Life, five-star podcast. Thank you, Go Canes. That's why. And, Thank you. Um, again, a little more depth on the blue line that you look at. And remember Mackenzie McEachern last year? Comes in and plays some big minutes when you need him. Something like that. I think that's what you're looking at here. Uh, Rick 2-3. Broad picture here. What are our chances of going all the way? Well, we just we just met Rick, so I like to. Oh, um, I mean, if you ask me right now, the odds of the Canes going to the Stanley Cup in the Eastern Conference, I think. Who would you put? If we're being honest, who would you put in front of them right now? Boston. Well, they they beat Boston in Boston. Say Vancouver because they won last night. Well, it doesn't they matter. Weren't. They're they're in the West. I'm just talking oh, about going. Talking I'm just talking about getting. He just says going all the way. Uh, well, I think he means winning it though. As well. I mean, is I mean it's too close. You, I'm going to say yes. They can because they're right there in the mix. I would put them. There's not a team that I'm guaranteeing is going to win the cup today. Right. Can the Canes make a run at it? Yep. Yep. So can they're Boston. They're in the top. If you took six teams, there's six teams right now in my mind. Maybe more. Let me see if I can guess them. Okay, go. Vancouver. Yep. Colorado. Yep. Vegas. Yep. Oh, there. I, I was going to say, because I think people kind of forget that. Boston. Yep. Carolina. Yep. New York. Yep. You're going to give Edmonton a nod? No. No. Nope. I, I put Dallas in front of Edmonton. Ooh. In fact, I might put Dallas in front of New York. Just saying. I like New York. I like the Rangers. I like that team. I think, but three in the East, three in the West. My three in the East are Carolina, New York, Boston. Okay. My three in the West are Vancouver, Vancouver, Colorado, and Vegas. And I'm I'm just giving Vegas the respect because they're the defending champs. And that was right pretty close as a Dallas. Pretty, pretty damn big win they had over Edmonton. Going, hey, remember we're the champs. Yeah, yes. Nice nice sixteen game win streak you had. Yes. Now it's gone. Eden Hill looks healthy. Yeah. Yes. And that makes the difference. Uh, let's see. Bennett. Hey, Mike. Oh, God. Uh, do it. Do it. No. Hey, Mike, who designed the PNC Arena stanchions to give bad bounces to the Canes instead of the other <laughs> team? I'll hang up and listen. Great call. Never thought of it that way. Thanks, Bennett. 
We'll hang up and not listen. We'll hang up and uh, <laughs> we'll move along. Uh, John, I'd be interested in a regular recurring segment directed at the newer fan that helps explain the strategy of the game. For instance, I hear a lot about the Kane system. How is it different from other teams? If it works so well, then why isn't it copied more? Well, John, it is copied yes. a lot because a lot of the teams play similar. The team, the team that the Canes played last night. This is where we need the video segment. We could have whiteboard talks. We with could, Mike and Shane. But to to John, to your point, the Vancouver Canucks, the system they play, it's a high pressure system. They got it from Carolina, yeah. and a lot of teams around the league now try to. It, it's you can copy it, but it's rare. Somebody can copy something and do it better than the original. But every sports league is a copycat league. Yeah. Once somebody starts doing something really well, it gets copied. Even drills in practice. Um, the Rangers play a pressure system under Peter Laviolette, which, by the way, who was the captain for Peter Laviolette when they won the Stanley Cup? The guy who's the head coach for the Carolina Hurricanes right now. Yes. So, I mean, not saying that Rod Brindamore took and he's doing what Peter Laviolette did back in 2006, but – pieces here and there uh that's what teams try to do so it is being copied good question though john matt i'm either gonna go thymin or themen because of thysman spelled similar what needs to be done at the trade deadline to bolster the lineup and improve the chances of the canes in the playoffs we got this 35 more times i'll keep asking here we go fast forward to june Connor mcdavid <laughs> <laughs> leon dry and Austin Matthews. Fast forward to June. Our beloved Canes have just raised the cup. Who is the MVP down the stretch? Down the stretch or the Conn Smythe Trophy winner? Um, I'm going to go Conn Smythe. Okay. I got two. There you go. Andre Svechnikov. I was going to say him. And I'm, I'm going to stay away from the goalie conversation because that's the easy default one you can go to. Sebastian, which one would you pick? That's why I'm staying away from it. Uh, I agree. Shane McAllister, favorite Whaler Night tradition: brass bonanza, no. uniform, etc. The uniforms, the bandanas, the oh. headbands, the headbands are that. Yeah, the headbands. I'm going up. to love the Cooperalls this year in warmups. By the way, yeah, you can, but if you would have had a play in them, you would have hated them. I played. You them have as a, a kid. Did you, did I yeah, a yeah, you did. <laughs> They were green, but I had a pair. Uh, Shout out to my dad for buying me Cooperalls. For me, it's uh, for me, it's seeing the whale jersey. That's a little bit of nostalgia there. Uh, I'm to rock see the here. headband on the pregame show, by the way. Brant Hancock, what happened to Spencer Martin's helmet in his debut? Looks like he wore two. Probably did. He did. Uh, every goalie, yeah, every goalie has two masks. Pretty usually. sure something broke on his original. Yeah, and had to go back to his Columbus, Columbus one. Yep. Well. His original was a Columbus one. Just George Alves put a wrap on it for him. So, Baboon Stampede. Not directly hockey-related, but I'm bringing the wife and kids up to Raleigh from Florida this weekend for the Whalers game. It's become an annual pilgrimage for us. Oh, good. Any suggestions? We're in the area. We should try to watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. How about the Backyard Bistro? Backyard Bistro, right across the street. There you go. Clip Kinniemi. On uh, Kane's Corner last week, Rod Brindamore mentioned that we have the best video coach in the league in Chris Huffline. What makes him elite? Rod's words. What does he do in that role? Thanks, guys. One, he never sleeps. Yeah. Um, what makes him elite? He knows everything that the opposition wants to do, tries to do, 
power play, penalty kill. The professor, if you will. Yeah, that's a great, great nickname for, for Huff. He gets in breaks down games in consumable little segments that you want to show a clip on what Colorado does on the power play well. You want to show a clip on something that you can take advantage of what they do on the power play. He is honestly amazing at what he does. He knows the league front to back. He knows player tendencies, combinations, what they're trying to do. Um, He's honestly, when it comes to that category, I think he is the best in the league. And he's been doing it for a long time. True student of the game, which you have to be in that position to understand everything that's going on on the ice. The other part, completely in sync with his head coach. That's the other thing that Rod references. He goes, I don't have to ask. Chris Hoffine has it ready. Yep. So, uh, and I can tell you, and you've seen it on the flights, he's got his laptop up. He's breaking down the game that just happened. And he's going, hey, this, 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 this. He understands what the Canes want to do systematically, to answer that question earlier from, from John. And the other part, when we talk about what is now part of the National Hockey League, we can talk about video review. Chris comes through the earpiece to Jeff Daniels and says, call that. There's not a question going back. It's, we're calling this. Uh, the trust factor and belief they have in each other as a team and what he sees in the locker room with his videos. I just think that video has become such a huge part of the NHL and showing this is what other teams want to do, how they do it, to have it in as concise of a matter that you can have and share it with the players right away. It's it's invaluable. And there's been many a time, Shane, because I live near the arena, that – I'm driving, and I make the left to go home, and Chris Huffine is making the right to go into the arena and continue to break down film. It's unbelievable. The work ethic is ridiculous, and the knowledge is fantastic. Uh, Zachary Martin, best food you had over the break. Also, I never tweeted at you guys during our matchup in fantasy, but now that we're past it, what a win, eh? eh that's, that's in the rearview mirror. Did we win? In no, he won. He won. Well, he did? Yeah. By what, one? Brown, who cares? <laughs> We didn't win. Oh, I didn't. I'm like food. I'm like I'm like Bill Belichick. I was in uh, Fort Lauderdale for a hockey tournament with my son. Okay, had a couple, nothing outstanding. A couple nice fish dishes, as you would in Florida. I was in uh, grouper tacos were solid. Oh, nice. I was in Vegas. Yeah, had a really good sea bass. Oh, yeah. Did he pay for it too? No, I wish. <laughs> He, they didn't let him participate in the skills competition. He would have picked it up for it. Um, I had actually I had a breakfast dish that you would have swooned over. Pancakes? No, it was a uh, short rib oh. hash oh. with sunny side up eggs on a waffle. I'm listening, but it was like a savory herb waffle. Did you did you drown it? No, I didn't put, there was no need to put syrup on it. You just cut it and the yolk went through. No, no, it wasn't that kind of waffle. It doesn't matter. It was like a toast instead of toast. You said no need. There's always any, is there sugar in this? Put it on. No, there's no sugar in it. Put it on. That was the French toast. Pour the syrup on. Can I, all right, I'm going to show Shane the French toast that the table shared. I said, share it. 
Not Take a picture? Uh, my wife did, but I can get a picture of it online for you okay. if you're ready for this. I'm ready. All right. This is, this is going to be I'm a gonna real time. You need to put syrup on it. This is going to be a real time. Well, the, <laughs> the French toast, yes. The waffle, you didn't need it. Okay. Again, savory. Like, you don't put maple syrup. Well, you do because you're Canadian. Thank you. I was going to say, you don't put. <laughs> Thank you. You don't put maple syrup on stuffing. I almost caught myself on that one. Yes. Uh, here we go. So, just going to get the one image of it. That. What is that? French toast. It's a cube. Yes. Three by three. <laughs> yes. It's three inches high. And the piece we had was even bigger than that. Yes. The table split it. And there were six people at the table. And I was one of the six. Think of that. It looks phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And that see that? They are pouring syrup on top of it. They should be. Yeah. More. There's an almond tweel slash crumble slash brittle. And I don't know what that topping is. It's like ice cream, but better. Mm. Looks tasty. Yeah. You would order that and be happy. So, oh, there's a, a better version of it now. There you go. That's kind of what it looked like. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. What restaurant was that? Uh, it's called Bardo Brasserie. Bardo? Bardo. Bardo. It's a uh, French bistro. B-A-R-D-O-T. What? Yes. Enjoy, folks. You're welcome. Mm. So I think that does it for all the questions. That's it. Yeah, can't think of anything. Yeah, a lot of food questions, so. This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Bad. I'll do that. Hey, we can't control the questions. We, we can. We can just answer them. And, yeah, um, Shane. Speaking got, of French. Oh, what do we got for the Junior Hurricane? The Junior Hurricane left today for Quebec City. The tournament begins Friday. There's an exhibition game tomorrow. Keep an eye out for great feeds. From uh, one Brian meme. Ooh. You can follow the Junior Hurricanes Quebec, I believe, on Facebook or Twitter. I don't know. I don't have either one of them. <laughs> but young Brooks Burnamore, Jagger Burns, part of this squad. Their quality. The best part about this tournament, when you think about how long it's been going on, the boys got a special treat on Sunday. They came and practice at PNC, and then Rod was kind enough to take them in the room. The players had some goodie bags for each player. Brendan Lemieux, young player who's on the, the Pee-wee team, talked for a little bit. That player is staying at the same Billets house that Brendan Lemieux stayed at. How about that circle of life? Wow. So awesome. The, the experience these kids will have. I've been already getting pictures of them um, down by the front neck, you know, smiles from ear to ear with all this. They're going to sleep good tonight. They left Raleigh at 6.15 this morning um, as they get ready for their big match. Friday night is their first tournament game. And when we talk about being serious, our billet captain, Lise, who takes care of all our billets, setting them up, making sure the boys are comfortable at their homes, already sent a scouting report on the first team we play. So you got to shut down this one guy. He gets all the goals. <laughs> <laughs> so we're ready. The coaches, if they mess this up, I mean, I might have to fire him. Uh, hey, you got to do what you got to do. Pressure's on. No pressure. I know Rod listens. So, Rod, the scouting report is they need to cover number 18. If they're not covering 18, it's going to be a long night. So cover 18. Cover 18. Cover 18. Good luck to the boys. Pretty Have simple. a time that you will never forget. Bon chance, mon amis. Nice, Michael. You're welcome. Merci. Merci beaucoup. And Darian, if you will. Last word, was that it, or you got something else for us? I'm just going to miss the ice cream cones at that rink. <laughs> Thank you.